DJ and PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. Clean out those 2020. Get them. At, get 2020 out of your carpet. Schedule a no residue carpet cleaning with Zero Res this month and get three rooms clean for just eighty nine ninety five. Search Zero Res Carpet Cleaning to schedule your appointment or call them at 801-288-9376. Time to bring in John McClain, longtime NFL reporter, works for the Houston Chronicle, been covering pro football for 45 years. John, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. It isn't the biggest game, but it is the best day because we get a doubleheader. The last doubleheader of the NFL season starts with the NFC title game. And I got to say in the league office, they must be thinking, yeah, this is what we wanted. Tom Brady at Lambeau Field and Aaron Rodgers has thrown 50 touchdown passes. Sweet. Is there a better matchup? I mean, are they just drooling over this? I think with both games, because you have the young stars in the AFC and you have the old guard in the NFC, and I think this is the best possible matchup for Aaron Rodgers because Tom Brady is not going to let weather bother him. You know, he's He's been the greatest January quarterback in history, February 2, and so it's not going to have any kind of effect on him. And what a great way to go out. Rodgers' 48 touchdown passes. Brady somehow 43 through 40, and I I can't wait to see this game. But I'm just as excited to see Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And I think the the television people and the online people, they couldn't ask for better quarterback matchups in these championship games. Both games should be so exciting. It's always a privilege to watch quarterbacks in this era that we have been blessed with in which they throw the ball all over the place compared to when I started and they ran the ball a lot, threw a lot of interceptions. But today the quarterback play is just magnificent. So I'm wondering, Aaron Rodgers just looked like, man, he was the best he's ever been at such an advanced age. How much do you attribute that to our Utah State's very own Jordan Love? And what I mean by that is we know (laughs) that they drafted him and that seems like that fired up Aaron. The general manager, Brian Gunnicutz, took a lot of grief because he didn't get poor old Aaron some receivers in the offseason. Right. There was so much whining and bellyaching about the Gunnicutz not knowing what he was doing, how in the world were they going to win with one receiver, and he only threw 48 touchdown passes. I guess he would have thrown 58 and broken an all-time <laughs> record had he actually had some receivers. But as great quarterbacks do, and Brady is the best example Whoever you put out there, they're going to make them look good. And maybe Jordan Love was motivation. Maybe could have said, well, you know, Aaron, last year, even though he got to the NFC Championship game, maybe he needs a little motivation at his old age, even though Rodgers has said multiple times he wants to play into his 40s, which means Love's never going to play, barring an injury. And preseason, if we ever have preseason Again, so if it was for the mental part of the game, it was a brilliant move. If it was for the physical part of the game, it's a wasted first-round pick because they're not going to get a first-rounder when the time comes to trade it. So I'm curious with uh, Tampa Bay, what do you think is happening here? Because they had a terrible record against the playoff teams in the regular season, but they did blow out Green Bay. That was their one their one breakthrough. They've now won two games, and I know the first one was Washington and a losing record and playing their third quarterback. And New Orleans had won the turnover battle. 
Do you think Tampa Bay is really an elite championship-level team? And if so, how have they progressed from the regular season so dramatically? I was guilty, like a lot of people were, of thinking, okay, Brady's going to a new team, new coach, new system, new environment, and he's going to be just as good as he was with the Patriots. But because he was working with a totally different coach, Bruce Arians, as you guys know, out there, Bruce Arians is a whole lot different than than Bill Belichick is. And so uh, he was getting criticized for the first time ever. So it took him time to adjust to his receivers. They had injuries at receivers. Their offensive line struggled early. And then it all came together. Now, I don't think their Super Bowl winner would be a great story if they were the first team to win in their stadium. It also would be... Uh, such a great story to see Brady have a chance to win his seventh ring, but I'm certainly not going against the Packers playing at Lambeau Field. I remember in 07, they were favored over the Giants. Giants beat them with a field goal in overtime, went on to win the Super Bowl last year to get to the championship game. They're hungry. Matt LaFleur has done a tremendous job in his two seasons, and it just looks like that team, which is running the ball a whole lot better, uh, and it's amazing because they lost their best offensive lineman, left tackle David Bakhtiari to the season. So I think the Packers are going to win at Lambeau, which is the greatest setting you could be in in January football because it is the frozen tundra. And I think it's going to be a great game, and I am so excited to watch it. I think this angle is potentially a little overstated, but if the Buccaneers and Tom Brady were to pull this off, do you think that that says, wow, it was more about Tom Brady than it was Belichick? I think it's one season, and and I don't think you can gauge anything. If you did, you'd go back to the season that he went down for the year in the first game, and they went 11-5 and with Matt Castle at quarterback. And you'd say, well, it was Belichick, it wasn't Brady. But Based on this season, because the Patriots had more opt-outs and more free agent losses than any team in the league, and they still won seven games. To me, that was amazing with that roster. The Texans even beat them, but still, to, to win that many games with all the losses they had besides Brady, I thought Belichick did the hell of a coaching job. But, you know, usually you'd say the coach, but in this case, to me, and I've been covering the league since 77. Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in history. And when I write that or say it on my other shows, people are, are incredulous. Well, what about Lombardi? I said he didn't have to deal with free agency and the salary cap. And, uh, and then, of course, I think Brady is the greatest quarterback in history. And, boy, you just look at their record and their rings, and that's easy to ascertain. And, and But I would say overall – Quarterbacks are important, but you can't beat a head coach who can always find another quarterback. And I'm not talking about a one-year stopgap with Cam Newton. I'd love to see Brady win another Super Bowl because of what a great story it would be. So in the AFC title game, I think a lot of Chiefs fans are holding their breath. Are they going to have their guy? Is Mahomes going to be able to go? Do you have any, any insight into that? Well, I fully expect him to play, even though it's an independent neurologist who makes that determination. The fact he was out on the practice field, there were different reports. He did practice. He didn't practice. Usually, as you guys know, if a player gets has a concussion during the game, 
and he goes into the locker room where the independent neurologist gives him some tests. If he doesn't come back, he almost always misses at least one week. Okay, my arms went out, and I saw some medical experts talking about, well, it's a different kind of concussion, and he can come back from this. Well, there are multiple kinds of concussions, but if he can be out on the practice field, and I don't care if he's playing underhanded catch on the sideline, if he can just be out there going through the motions, whether it's full drills or limited, that's a good sign for him playing in the game. I look for Mahomes to be out there going against Josh Allen in what should be an intriguing matchup, just like the NFC Championship game. So, John, feel free to tell me I'm nuts and I am crazy and I should be off the air forever. But when I look at Josh Allen, I see a young John Elway. That's a great way to put it. He's got he's a little taller than Elway by about. Elway was six three and six three and a half at the combine, two twenty five. He had as good arm as there's ever been. And then of course Brett Favre came along. Dan Marino had a great one, but Elway. That was that famous thing for his receivers, the Elway imprint, when they would hold up their hands for the pass and the ball would hit their chest and go through their pads and put an imprint on their sternum. It was kind of like a badge of honor with their receivers. And in Josh, and Elway moved well. You know, he was a big guy who could run. You know, the famous helicopter touchdown in the Super Bowl victory, we've seen that two million times. And Josh Allen, very interesting about him. A year ago, the Bills came to Houston to play a wild-card game, and Allen helped them lead 16-0. Then he just cratered in the second half. Deshaun Watson led the Texans to a come-from-behind wild-card victory. And then you wondered at the time, okay, is Josh Allen going to stay the same? Is he going to develop? Is he going to take a step back because of this game? And all he did was skyrocket. And a lot of the credit goes to Brian Dable, his offensive coordinator, who I thought sure would get a head coaching job but isn't. So he'll be at Buffalo again, try again next year. But Allen made more improvement than any player in the league. And when you watch the way he runs and you watch the arm and you see him in the pocket and even some of his delivery, that is a great comparison to John Elway. John McClain joining us, longtime NFL reporter for the Houston Chronicle. you got a pretty big story right in your backyard. Deshaun Watson is pretty upset. Are the Texans going to be able to smooth that over? And might a new coaching hire be able to smooth that over? Or is he going to be the rare quarterback? Quarterbacks at his age who have had his success, they don't usually get traded and moved. Could that actually happen? No. It's all in the minds of the national media and media around the country because it makes good fodder for TV shows, talk shows, online. We write about it every day. They've been waiting since the Oilers traded Warren Moon in 1994 to get a quarterback like Watson. He, can't, he had a great season. Every statistic was better than any time in his career, and he did it after they traded DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals, and he lost his next best receiver, Will Fuller, for the last five games because of a BED suspension. So Watson was great, and he's, he's under contract. His $156 million extension kicks in Next year, when his income goes from 10 to 35 million, I saw something on ESPN. He could sit out the season. I'm like, yeah, right. Instead of going from 10 to 35 million next year, he's going to make 10 again next year because you don't get credit if you sit out. He's not like James Harden who quit on his team, quit on the fans, quit on everybody. And it was a really ugly departure out of Houston. That's not 
Watson. He's a great team player. He wants to win a Super Bowl. He's told us, last thing he told us in our last interview after the season, I want to hold up a Lombardi trophy. His new general manager, Nick Casario's got six of those and six rings, and he can show him how to hold up a Lombardi trophy. And how you get them is you got to start with a great quarterback. So I'm sure Casario will talk to him about that. So with the new head coach when they are him, I think it'll be Eric Bieniemy, Leslie Frazier, Buffalo defensive coordinator, or Indianapolis defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus. This will all blow over, and there will be a lot of national media people, ESPN, NFL Network, who's saying he's not coming back. I'm wondering, well, what are they going to say then? So what do you think about the premise of the star player having input in management decisions? He told us when he talked to us near the end of the season and after the season, he had talked to the owner about what kind of quarterback he wanted. And the owner told it was going to be offensive. I'm sorry, coach. Would it be offensive, defensive? And he said it'll be the best guy we can hire. We're going to get a general manager. He's going to do that. He's going to lead the search. And we're going to interview coordinators, the position coaches, former coaches. And Nick Casario was hired. He had a list of five that he's interviewed. And uh, then it came out, quote-unquote, anonymous sources that he was upset, this is in the national media, that he's upset he wasn't consulted on a GM hire. Now, he never mentioned GM does. It's all about the coach and what he was looking for and the culture and the leader that they could follow. And in my 45 years, I've never seen a player have input in a general manager because they don't know what a personnel director does with their team. Nobody does. And so it was all about the head coach. And as the owner said, and as Nick Casario said, of course we're going to keep him up on the conversation about being on our head coaching search. So uh, uh, until Watson says something, which he hasn't, he hasn't issued his trade demand, he's only had two uh, lines from rap songs that people are analyzing over and over and over to try to figure out what he means. One, I went, if I were two, I'm a 10. Well, that was after I did a story with the owner saying executive VP of football ops, Jack Easterby, would not be fired, would not resign. And so that infuriated a lot of people here inside and outside the organization because he's been getting ripped for a year. And then uh, people think that he played a big role in the trade of DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals. And, uh, and so that's what everybody interpreted. And then he sent one out this week. Another line for a song, he's trying to be patient, and he's asked Mama to pray on it. And so everybody's like, what in the world? And uh, until he says something definitive, it's going to make great speculation. John McClain joining us, longtime NFL reporter for the Houston Chronicle. John Urban Meyer coached at the University of Utah for two years, so he was only in Salt Lake for 18 months. But he left an indelible mark, and we follow him wherever he goes. He's always a story. Can, is he going to succeed in Jacksonville? Can anyone succeed in Jacksonville? It seems like they got one foot in London. It hasn't been a well-run franchise. They've had a couple of peaks, but mostly valleys. What do you expect for him? That's a great point because since Shad Khan bought that team from Wayne Weaver, they've had the worst record in the league. In 2017, when they went to the AFC Championship game under Doug Marone, had a great defense, a good offense. All of us who covered the AFC South said they're built to last. And then all their star players wanted out. They wanted to be gone. And a lot of them are gone. And so I tell people, well, who's to say this next group of star players, if they have them, isn't going to want to be gone? 
As far as Urban Meyer, he told the University of Texas when they acquired, he wasn't interested in coaching because of health reasons. So either his health got really got a lot better real fast, or he'd already been talking to Shad Khan. I think he was talking to Khan. Now he's retired twice because of health, and when you're coaching a bad NFL team, that's that's gonna, that wreaks havoc on your health as well. So they give him that long contract for all that money. How can they be sure he's going to be there more than two or three years? The key for Urban Meyer is to get good people around him with NFL experience. Will he be Jimmy Johnson, come from Miami, win multiple Super Bowls? Will he be Nick Saban, bomb out and go back to college? Nobody knows till he gets there, but he's taking over a bad team. But he can get Trevor Lawrence to start off. He can get a lot of talent. they got a lot of cap room. But... Um, I don't know that they're going to have to pay a lot of money to get people to go into there and be part of a rebuilding project for a coach who's unproven at that level. It sure is going to be fun to watch because he has left an indelible mark on a lot of places, Mm -hmm. Florida and Ohio State after Utah. So I can't wait because the Texans will play them twice a year. We'll see who the best Clemson quarterback is over the next few years, and it's going to be so intriguing to watch the development of Urban Meyer. And if he does well, that bodes well for other college coaches, I would believe. John, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on and uh, talking playoffs and talking NFL. My pleasure, guys. Thank you very much for having me, and stay safe. John McClain, longtime NFL reporter for the Houston Chronicle. PK, look at that right there. This guy's got decades of NFL experience, and he basically took your quote. Which is? Ah, there's a coaching hire. How's he going to do? We're not going to know until he gets there. Well, that, that, that's obviously been my stance now for a number of years, as you and uh, probably our listeners know, because I think it's been proven out. So I offer no opinion or a minimal opinion when coaches are hired because you just don't know, man. You think slam dunks, great. You think losers, no. You just don't know. And you have to give them, once the person is selected, you have to give them the opportunity to succeed or fail. And they will do it. You will find out. That's the great thing about it. We'll all find out in time. We'll know if Urban is going to be great. I think he's going to be great. But, I I mean, I say it sort of timidly. I don't say it like, oh, my gosh, he's going to be awesome. In college, I can say it because – uh, we've seen that uh, pro. Uh, it's a whole new animal, so I don't know. But you got to give him the opportunity. I'm fired up that somebody of his stature, Mister McLean. I call him Mister McLean. That's how much I hold him in esteem, especially when he agrees with me. But he liked you scoffed at my young John Elway comparison to Josh Allen. I do, Scott. I don't like to see people, especially young guys, compared to someone like John Elway. You could be a great quarterback and have a great career and not be anywhere near John Elway. A young John Elway. You're missing the <laughs> descriptive. It's yeah, a well, young the young John, John Elway. Elway was on the way to where? So if you're a young John Elway, you're on the way well, to there? Well, we didn't know. Well, a young John Elway, we did not know on the way. So, no, I think you're completely baseless. And I actually think you're ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, you need to be voted out right now because I think you're being stupid. John McClain. Not John McCain. John McClain. 45 years. 1977 he's been covering the NBA. NFL. And, NFL. 
Well, yeah, I know. That's what's so great about him is is because he referenced James Harden. So he has been covering the NBA. I was going to get to the NFL. You cut me off. Nice save by me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I think when you look at Josh Allen, he screams a young John Elway, not a finished product. John Elway, who I had for years and years as the best. Now, I've supplanted him with Tom Brady. Yes, I have said that, uh, and I have no problem with that, with Brady being put ahead of Elway. But for years and years, to me, it was John Elway. He embodied everything that a quarterback had. Obviously, he had the arm. He had the arm, and folks uh, who've done that tell us to the arm of you know no peer, basically, Uh, during his day but he could move too he was a phenomenal athlete he was drafted by the yankees i was in california in the san fernando valley one time i've told this story and i was reading he was a high school player and in those days i had heard about john well you don't he now everybody knows him their their games are on espn and blah 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 but obviously at that point you didn't know about uh, there was some it was such a regional thing and i read the la daily news where the coach of uh, he went to Granada Hills High School because my good friend, my good friend, his name is Wayne, went to Kennedy. They were rival high schools. The quarterback at Kennedy was Ramsey, who played uh, in the NFL. I think he went to UC Los Angeles. He did. And yeah. Elway was the quarterback across town at uh, Granada Hills, and that was the community. And he played baseball, Elway did, came in, and he won the city title over Crenshaw, which featured Daryl Strawberry and I think three, or two or three other guys who played in the big leagues coming out of Crenshaw back when African-Americans played baseball to a much greater degree than they do now. But anyway, the basketball coach, Elway didn't play basketball that year. And I read a quote, the, bat, the high school basketball coach, oh, we would have won the city title if John Elway had come out and played on our team. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that's how much athletic ability he had. And I look at Josh Allen, and he's huge, big arm, and he can move. It, the qualifier young has to be placed in front of in order for that comparison to be legit. Because I agree with you that at this stage, you can't compare him to the second greatest, the third greatest, whatever it might be, Hall of Fame quarterback. But if you qualify it with Young, I see similarities. And this esteemed man, John McClain, 45 years covering the NFL, would agree with me. And my day has been made. It's only 8.30 in the morning, and already... I'm satisfied. <laughs> that was a nice rant. <laughs> All right. Well, five Super Bowl trips and two Super Bowl titles. We'll just mark Allen down for that like it's nothing. No, young. You, you know if you'd gone, he had with, none of that at this stage. If you'd gone with poor man's John Elway, I'd be with you. No, because I do see the parallels. But Elway, that is man. You are putting him way up on the podium when you Three say years John into Elway. it. I don't think you are. That's my whole point. Yeah. You're looking at the entirety. I'm looking at barely getting started. DJ and PK, my day will be made next. PK's day has already been made, but Chris Hill will join us to talk Pac-12. Where do they go now? The commissioner is out. The can't. Well, he's not out, but the countdown is on. He'll be out June 30th. They got a TV contract coming up. Who should be hired? What are the multiple issues? Some of them, I'm sure we know. Some of them may be really important to athletic directors and schools, and we don't realize it. We'll talk with Chris Hill about that. 
next. A guy who's actually hired a commissioner is right in the middle of it when they started the Mountain West Conference. We'll talk with Chris Hill next. Stay with us.